0: What up, yo! Welcome to the Fantasy Knockout Football Podcast. I'm your host, Mark Shannon. Today, Tuesday, August 7th. It is a going to be an exciting episode. I'm so pumped because football's back. Uh, today's show is going to be my top 10 wide receiver rankings. We'll get to see who's going to make my list. Um, but first... had this uh story i want to talk about i had this interesting uh conversation with my wife the other day and a topic was uh brought up on how to choose your fantasy team name uh we went back and forth it was quite hilarious and from that a new segment for the show is born so i bring you the debut of michelle's minute Hey, hey, guys, it's Michelle, and you know what that means. It's time for, yep, you got it, Michelle's Minute. So I was thinking, you know, coming into the fantasy draft season, how does one choose their fantasy team name? Personally, I believe the name chooses you. It has to go off your efforts and your winning history. I am the legend because I kick ass and take name every single time I'm out to play. I'm there, I'm strategizing, and I'm winning. I have my shirt, I come ready to play every single week, People know me by my name, The Legend. I want to hear from you. Does your name pick you or do you pick the name? Holler back at me at Michelle's Minute. Wow. All right. Thanks, babe. Man, you brought some fire with that. Oh, there's some spice there. Um, awesome. I love it. She's right. I mean, you you don't get to choose your name, I think, in my opinion, the name chooses you or your friends choose your team name in in, in a way. So that's awesome. Uh, real quick, please visit the site fantasy knockout.com uh, for current draft rankings. Also, feel free to ask a question um, down the road. We're going to do a question and answer episode. So your questions will be all gathered up and we'll be ask, answering. I'll be answering them on the show. Uh, leave a review on Apple Podcasts, or Google Play, or wherever you listen. Also, please subscribe to the show. Make sure you get every episode. You don't want to miss out. And you can support the show by becoming a Patreon. Every little bit helps. This is an independent podcast. I'm doing everything on my own. I'm not sponsored. I'm not running ads or anything like that. So please go over to patreon.com slash Knockout. Um, it's real simple. It's just a five dollar a month um pledge that you make, and like I said, every every little bit helps cover the uh, the startup costs I'm doing to to get this thing going. I appreciate that. News with views. So the news today: we got wide receiver Eric Decker. He signed with the New England Patriots. We kind of talked about that last last episode. He's brought in to replace Jordan Matthews, who was cut. Um, bigger news with the Patriots: it's kind of scary. Uh, running back Sony Michelle, the rookie, um, he is going to undergo a procedure on his knee after injuring it in Wednesday's practice. Uh, the reports, from what I'm hearing, is it's probably going to cost him the preseason and possibly longer. That's not good. What does that mean? My boy, Sexy Rexy, Rex Burkhead, is going to jump up my rankings. Um, Michelle's going to drop some. Um, He's still, you know, he'll see, he'll still get playing time. It's just he's going to start off slower. So he's going to be one of those second-half season uh, values. Um, Definitely a later-round value um, And like I said, for the second half of the season. On uh, next, we got wide receiver Randall Cobb from the Green Bay Packers. He's got an ankle injury that forced him to leave practice. It's uh, the same ankle he had surgery on 7 weeks ago. This is concerning for Green Bay because he's supposed to be the, solid, you know, the wide receiver 2 there. You got DeVante Adams who's the clear-cut number 1. Cobb is supposed to be the number 2 there and in Green Bay, when, when you have a quarterback like Aaron Rodgers, he sustains so much fantasy value that the number two receiver there is just as good as some of the number ones on other NFL football teams. So with this injury news, it's, it's not good for Cobb. Basically, you know, it gives Adams a little boost. Um, and now the question is going to be who's going to fill Cobb's role? In my opinion, there's going to be a wide receiver battle in the in camp, so we just kind of have to stay tuned and keep an eye on on what's going on. Um, you know, just a thought off the top of my head: Jimmy Graham, the tight end there, he could see an increase in targets. Maybe he fills some of that role. Maybe they they line him out outside or whatnot. Basically, we're just going to, have to keep an eye on on the, the camp battle and who's going to emerge from there. Uh, Next, we got wide receiver Corey Coleman. He was traded to the Buffalo Bills. Cleveland sent him away. They did not get much for him. They got a seventh round draft pick. So there's only seven rounds in the NFL draft. So they got the last round draft pick in the 2020 draft. So that's like two years away. So basically, they gave him away for free. Um, great job for the Bills they got him for nothing Um, he's now going to be the wide receiver 2 on the Bills with a possible chance to be the number 1 guy down the road Um, so what does this do for Cleveland? how does it impact the uh, wide receivers there? Well, it makes Josh Gordon look even more appealing only thing is he has not reported to camp he hasn't even shown up yet so he's not working with Tyrod and getting that timing down with Tyrod Taylor, the quarterback there, or even Baker Mayfield, the number one draft pick. Um, so we'll see. Uh, I like Jarvis Landry and Josh Gordon. Again, it's kind of like Green Bay. Was, we'll keep an eye on the camp and see who's starting to emerge from there. And the last bit of news, we have running back Kenneth Dixon from Baltimore, He's finally returned to practice. Uh, he was injured last year. So that's good news for whoever believes in him this year. Um, basically, it's going to be another another battle at camp. You got Alex Collins, who emerged last year, is a, a stud running back for Baltimore. Um, some believe that Kenneth Dixon is going to take over this year. So it remains to be seen. And we'll just kind of wait and see what comes from there. So... Please follow the show on Twitter at Fantasy Knockout and also on Instagram at Fantasy underscore Knockout. Main event. All right, let's jump right into it. We got the top 10 wide receivers. My rankings. We're going to kick it off at number one, Antonio Brown of the Pittsburgh Steelers. Since 2013, he has finished... As wide receiver number six, number one, number one, number three, and number two. <laughs> so, in that same time, he has the most receptions in the league with 582. Second place is Demarius Thomas with 481. Let's do some math real quick. That's over 100 more receptions. Than the number two guy in that time frame. You want to go to touchdowns? He has the most touchdowns. More than Des Bryant who is the number two there. Guess how many yards he has more than the number two guy. He has 7,848. Almost over 1,000 more yards than the number two guy Julio Jones. And guess what? His quarterback hasn't changed. He's still got Big Ben. Big Ben Roethlisberger. So... There's no stopping Antonio Brown. He's a beast. He's the number one receiver. He's almost like having a stud running back on your team. And if you if you don't get Lev Bell, Ezekiel Elliott, Todd Gurley, take Antonio Brown. He's gonna produce exactly the same as what they will. Number two, we got Odell Beckham Jr. from the New York Giants. My guy. I love Odell. Uh, I've been a fan of his since his rookie season. Last year, um, so this year he's coming off the injury. He missed a lot of last year. Um, The team did not finish well. Uh, They ended up with the overall number two draft pick. They took a running back, Saquon Barkley. I'm excited about him. Um, But that's for another show. Um, So Beckham, he has met or exceeded every expectation in the three healthy seasons he's played. He's finished number six, number five, number four, and last year he was supposed to finish number three, but he got hurt. Ah. So this year, if he continues this trend, he's gonna be number two? That's why I got him ranked number two. Alright, you see it. Come on. You know what just what's what you're gonna get with him. Um he averages 1,300 yards and 10-plus touchdowns every year he plays. Every season he plays. 1,300 yards, 10 touchdowns. That's a lock. That's amazing. That's talent right there. Not many guys can do that. Um, I believe he's one of the few receivers in this league that has the upside because of his talent to catch 20-plus touchdowns in a season. That's really hard to do. Not many guys can do that. So, I want to know, who else do you think has the talent to do something like that? 20-plus touchdowns. Come at me. Hit me up on Twitter. That's at Fantasy Knockout. Let me know who you think has a chance of getting 20-plus touchdowns. I want to see your guys' takes on that. My guy's Odell. So, let's move on to number three. We got DeAndre Hopkins from the Houston Texans. Last year, he had 96 receptions, 1,378 yards, 13 touchdowns. He He did all this on 175 targets with a variety of different quarterbacks. He didn't have his main man, Deshaun Watson. Watson got hurt halfway through the year. They only played like five or six games together. Hopkins is a beast he's a stud he did this with rinky dink quarterbacks you know he basically says it doesn't matter who gets him the ball just get it to me um with watson so they had like six games they played so with watson hopkins had he averaged 11 plus targets his catch percentage was over 63 percent wow Um, With the other quarterbacks that he played with last year, his catch percentage was only 55%. Imagine that. Watson knows how to get him the ball, throws a better ball. Basically, that target share is massive. Um, 174 targets was 33% the target share. I mean, Hopkins had 33% target share last year, the number one. Receiver to receive the most targets at 174. AJ Green came in at number two with only 28%. That's a big difference. Um, Watkins averaged 11.6 targets a game. So again, if Watkins can get the targets, he's going to be one of the top guys. If he targets fall and he only gets 110 targets or so, It's gonna hurt him. He needs the targets to sustain his fantasy value. Houston basically needs to force feed Watkins. He has the best hands in football. I like Watkins. I like Hopkins. I like Hopkins a lot. Let's go to number four. We got Julio Jones for the Atlanta Falcons. Last year, Jones had 149 targets, 1,444 yards. 88 receptions, and only three TDs. That's not good. He seems to make big plays. Puts up second most yards in the league each year, you know, behind Antonio Brown. But he just doesn't score touchdowns. What the heck, man? Come on, Julio. Get in the end zone. He finished number eight a couple years ago. He finished, And then he was number two. Then he was number six. And he was last, last year, he was number four. So he is a stud. He's always finishing in the top 10 and he's doing it with the yards and receptions. But imagine if he could just catch the ball in the end zone. Wow. Come on, Julio players. with Here's an, here's an amazing stat uh, for Julio players with 19 or more red zone targets. So a red zone target is within the 20 yards Um, There was only 20 players total in in that category. Only three of those 20 players had a catch percentage under 40%. Under 40% is bad. Of those targets, one of them was Adam Thielen from the Vikings. The other guy was Mike Evans from Tampa Bay. And Julio was the third. So Julio had 14 targets inside the 10-yard line. That's a lot. The leader was 16 targets, and that was Jimmy Graham from Seattle. Graham took those 16 targets he saw inside the 10 and turned them into eight touchdowns. That's what you want to see. You want to see those targets. Who's being targeted in the end zone? Who's going to get those touchdowns? Graham did amazing last year. 16 targets, eight touchdowns. Julio had 14 targets. Guess how many touchdowns he had? One! that sucks come on julio catch the dang ball in the end zone please but here's the the thing it wasn't the team's fault it wasn't they weren't scheming for him or trying to get him in there i don't know if it was a mental thing or just he hates being in the end zone i don't know the team tried to get him the ball in the end zone julio just just wanted nothing to do with it so maybe he just likes yards maybe he's like a, a yard monster or something i don't know just you know he. It's like that uh, Seinfeld episode, no TD for me, you know? Who knows? Well, number five, we got Michael Thomas from the New Orleans Saints. I like Michael Thomas. He is a quiet, amazing, talented receiver. Here's the question, though. Did he meet your expectations last year? He kind of quietly did had a solid year. Um, He wasn't that fancy, big boom big week winning games. Um you know, it didn't feel like he he did all that great. I mean, you kind of had to like if you look at the end of season stats, it's pretty solid. But you know, it was hard to uh, to I mean, you had to just keep playing him every year, every every week. So he improved his receptions from his rookie year. He's improved his yards from his rookie season. But his TDs, those went away like Julio. He went from 9 to 5. Nine to five. Oh, yeah. Got to bring in some Dolly. You know it. So he had fewer than eight targets in only two games. So he was being targeted, targeted a lot all season long. He's Drew Brees' number one guy. But the question is, can he bring his t- touchdown total up this year? So, New Orleans had this kind of anomaly last year where if you take the ratio of rushing touchdowns to passing touchdowns, most teams average like a three to one or a two to one. So, New Orleans usually averages a two to one. Drew Brees throws two passing touchdowns to every one rushing touchdown. Last year, the Saints were a one-to-one ratio. They had the exact same amount of passing touchdowns as rushing touchdowns. The rushing touchdowns went up last year because of Alvin Kamara and Mark Ingram being amazing running backs. Drew Brees is an amazing quarterback. I see his touchdown total rising uh, this year. So that's what does that mean? That means Michael Thomas is going to be catching those balls. Uh, I should basically return to normal for the Saints. And next, we got number six, A.J. Green. A Daryl Jeremiah Green. I love me my A.J. Green. Last year was a difficult and a bad year for A.J. Uh, well, I mean, if you look at the end of season stats, not so much. It's kind of not bad. I mean, 75 receptions, almost 1,100 yards, eight touchdowns. That's pretty solid. He just... The team was just so bad that you couldn't trust him week to week. Um, He had the worst catch percentage of his career. So the last four years, he was um, 59%, 65%, 66%, and then last year was a whopping 52% catch percentage. Not good. Um, His yards per game over the last couple years, 80, 81, 96, and last year... 67 uh, He finished as a wide receiver 11 Which is not bad He's he's a solid wide receiver 1 as far as fantasy comes I like AJ Green um, He should be Deserving a top 5 Wide receiver nomination But it just He never seems to end up there He's constantly a top 10 um, But the question is Is Andy Dalton The quarterback there holding him back We don't know We'll see. But I like A.J. Green this year. I think he'll bounce back, at least be a solid producer for you. Then coming in, we got number seven, Keenan Allen. Allen started off so slow and ended up being a stud the second half of the season. Won many people championships from him. He had 102 receptions, 1,393 yards with six touchdowns. All done with 159 targets. As I said, he started out slow, and he ended up being the wide receiver number three. To me, Allen seems that he's disres- disrespected. Like he's, he doesn't get the the nomination. To be the one of those top guys like a Julio, a Brown, a Hopkins. Uh, he's he's always that second tier of the the top ten kind of receivers. Um. Through weeks 1 through 10 last year, he was wide receiver number 34 in average points. Then he turned it on week 11. and Then he was number 2, the wide receiver number 2 in points per game over those last 6 games. He started to feast. His yard per reception went up to what he did his rookie year, which was 14.7 yards per reception. He, he was a big play, TD type of guy, you know, catch that ball deep, score with many yards. Then his sophomore year, he kind of turned into this Jarvis Landry with, you know, a thousand targets and then just falls down as soon as he catches it. Well, last year, he jumped back up to 13.7 yards per reception. And the Chargers seem to have figured out how to use him the right way. Finally, it's sad, but true. a little Metallica but this is what I want to see from him you know me being a Raiders fan I don't want to see the Chargers do well but I liked Keenan Allen coming out of college he was one of my receivers I I'm a fan of him personally and I think he's got a solid year this year for the Chargers coming in at number eight we got Devonte Adams from the Green Bay Packers um To me, he's got the biggest opportunity to finish as a top three receiver. No more Jordy Nelson there, so no more competition. He's the number one guy. Randall Cobb's kind of dinged up, and he's got a bunch of rookies going to fight out for the second receiver spot on the team. He's the main man there. Um, He's going to be the lead dog. He's going to be force-fed the ball by the best quarterback in football, which is Aaron Rodgers. So, here's an interesting stat. Last year, when Adams played with Rodgers, it was only a handful of games. If you keep that pace going, if you spread it out over the whole season, it would have been 75 receptions for 900-plus yards and 13 touchdowns. That's a solid season. Guess what? He didn't play a full season with Rodgers last year. But this is what he finished up with. 74 receptions, 885 yards and 10 touchdowns. It's almost identical. And guess what? He did that with a backup quarterback, Brett Hundley. Wow. Imagine if he's got the best quarterback in football. What can he do? Probably more than that. Exactly. So Rodgers is locked to get 30 plus touchdowns. The guy just knows how to score touchdowns. So who else is going to catch all those touchdowns in Green Bay? Jimmy Graham? Put him down for 10. Okay, well, that still leaves 20-plus touchdowns. You know, give a give a couple to a running back, give a couple to the other receivers. I mean, what is what is Adams going to end up with? 13, 15, 16 touchdowns? I mean, they're going to go somewhere. I think they're going to Adams. So that's why I like Adams. That's why he's number eight for me. Moving to number nine, we got Mike Evans from the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. He finished last year as wide receiver 17. Not so good because everybody drafted him as the number two overall receiver. He was a stud the year before, and he kind of fell apart. But I think most of that had to do with Jameis Winston, the quarterback. Winston got dinged up mid through the, you know, halfway through the season, missed a couple games, and Evans' production, you know, just it went down. The nice thing is Evans is durable and should be Winston's number one target. Um, Evans had no monster games last year. He didn't have those big boom week winning um, games, but he had 71 receptions over a thousand yards and five touchdowns. That's pretty solid. He only, he only did this on 135 targets where the season before, when he was that number two receiver, overall receiver, he had 170 plus targets. So if he can get those targets up into that 140-150 range, Evans will return back to normal. So speaking of those ten zone targets we talked about with Julio a, a little bit back, um, Mike Evans was his name was you know brought up. He keeps ping ponging back and forth with his seasons. So over the last four seasons, his target to touchdown ratio, okay. His rookie season was 5 targets in the 10 zone, was 5 targets turned into 4 touchdowns. Pretty darn good. Then his sophomore year, 10 10 targets in the 10 zone and only 2 touchdowns. Not good. That's the pong part. Then his third year, 7 10 zone targets, 5 touchdowns. Back to the ping. Woohoo! And last year, guess what? 9 10 zone targets and only 1 touchdown. What the heck is going on with Julio and Mike? They got to figure something out, man. Catch that ball in the end zone, please. So with Evans, a little bit of note, you know, a little side note here. Jameis Winston is suspended for the first three games. So that's going to hurt him a little bit. Fitzpatrick likes to spread the ball around, doesn't focus on Evans as much as Winston does. So you'll see a little dip in targets. But, and that's why I moved him down a little bit. Otherwise, Evans would probably be higher in my rankings. Um, but he's a solid, safe wide receiver, number one. He's never had fewer than a 1,000 receiving yards in his career. So good for Evans. And my last guy, bringing it at number 10, I was going to have Doug Baldwin until he got that knee injury. So I dropped Baldwin down a spot or two, and I moved up. T.Y. Hilton. A lot of people are going, what? Why is he up there? Lux hurt. He's not going to do it. Well, let me explain it to you. Here we go. T.Y. Hilton doesn't score double-digit touchdowns. Well, if you're bringing that up, why is he in your top 10? Let me go on. But he has those monstrous yard games where he'll get 150 yards and maybe one touchdown here and there. He's a yak. Monster. That's yards after catch, YAC. Yak. In 2016, he was the fifth best receiver at you know at wide receiver with Andrew Luck being healthy. Last year, he had 57 receptions, 956 yards, four touchdowns. That was without his amazing quarterback of Andrew Luck. He did that with Jacoby Brissett, and it's still a solid season. The only problem is he did it in like four games. So he had four monster games. And then the other 12 games, he just disappeared. It was frustrating last year to own Hilton, but guess what? If, if Andrew Luck is healthy and that's all, it it all hedges on Andrew Luck being healthy this year. If we see luck in the preseason playing and it looks back to normal, Hilton's going to be top 10. If luck is not healthy, if you don't see him playing, Hilton's off my board. I'm not I'm not even going to draft him. I will move him down so far. It's just not worth it. But last year, when Jacoby Preset was was playing, it, it seemed like he'd go out on the field and go, all right, today, who am I going to be able to look at first? You know, and it's Jack Doyle the tight end normally because he was under so much pressure he had no time. To step back and look downfield for ty hilton and that's why i was frustrating um what's nice though is hilton still has the separation he still has the big playability he was the fourth best receiver with 16.9 yards per reception he still can do it so if andrew luck is back hilton's got to be a top eight wide receiver you know, we'll know by draft day, which is a nice thing because we'll see through the training camps. If Luck is playing, we'll see through the preseason. If he's playing, if he's throwing the ball, and if it's looking good, move Hilton up your board. He's going to be a value. A lot of people are going to are just write him off, think that Luck's done. I like Hilton. That's why he's in my top 10. If you want to see the other rest of my wide receiver rankings, please go to the website, fantasyknockout.com. And that's going to wrap up the show for today. If you like this episode, get ready for the next one because I'm going to go over my top 10 tight ends. Yeah. So I want to thank you for listening to the show today. Please visit the site at FantasyKnockout.com. Also follow the show on Twitter at FantasyKnockout and on Instagram at Fantasy underscore Knockout. Goodbye.